Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park A Storm of Swords, Jamie Six. Jamie wheeled his horse around and rejoined Steelshanks Walton and his 200. Lord Bolton had accoutred him as a knight, preferring to ignore the missing hand that made such warlike garb a travesty. Jamie rode with sword and dagger on his belt, shield and helm hung from his saddle, chain mail under a dark brown surcoat. He was not such a fool as to show the lion of Lannister on his arms, though, nor the plain white blazon that was his right as a sworn brother of the king's guard. He found an old shield in the armory, battered and splintered, the chip paint still showing most of the great black bat of House Luston upon a field of silver and gold. The Lustons held Harrenhal before the Wents, and had been a powerful family in their day, but they had died out ages ago so no one was likely to object to him bearing their arms. He would be no one's cousin, no one's enemy, no one's sworn sword. In sum, no one. Brand two, A Storm of Swords. The Dragon Knight once won a tourney as the Knight of Tears, so he could name his sister the Queen of Love and Beauty in place of the King's Mistress. And Barristan the Bold twice donned a mystery knight's armor, the first time when he was only ten. It was a little Krannock man, I bet. No one knew, said Mira, but the mystery knight was short of stature and clad in ill-fitting armor made up of bits and pieces. The device upon his shield was a heart tree of the old gods, a white weirwood with a laughing red face. Maybe he came from the Isle of Faces, said Bran. Was he green? The Mystery Knight. They lay unmoving, face down in a puddle. When they helped him to his feet, he was mud from head to heel. The Brown Dragon! Someone shouted. Laughter rippled through the yard as the dawn washed over white walls. It was only a few heartbeats later, as Duncan Sir Kyle were helping Glendon Ball off his horse, did the first trumpet blew, and the sentries on the walls raised the alarm. An army had appeared outside the castle, rising from the morning mists. Egg wasn't lying after all, Dunk told Sir Kyle, astonished. From Maidenpool had come Lord Mooton, from Raventree, Lord Blackwood, from Duskendale, Lord Darklin. The royal demesnes about King's Landing sent forth Hayfords, Rosbys, Stokeworths, Masseys, and the King's own sworn swords, led by three knights of the Kingsguard, and stiffened by three hundred raven's teeth with tall white weirwood bows. Mad Danelle Lothston herself rode forth in strength from her haunted towers at Harrenhal, clad in black armor that fit her like an iron glove 
her long red hair streaming. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are discussing our first green dream. During this episode, we will be discussing the Lost and Shield and the Night of the Laughing Tree. Yeah, we want to wish you guys happy holidays. Whether you support the old gods or the new, the horse, the, the horse lord, or any <laughs> of the uh, the faceless men, yeah. what, whatever. The Roinar. Hey, if if, um, if you're a heathen and you don't you know worship any of the gods, that's that's fine too. All right, that's fine. That, that that that's that's fine with us. All we ask is that you uh, you know sit back, have a drink, yeah. be merry, and uh, yeah, Enjoy. dive into some of these these major theories which we're going to be doing. Um, Green Dreams is going to be part of our uh, Patreon series. These are going to be like the huge, massive, mega theory breakdowns, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing this as our as our Christmas episode, and we, we uh, for some of you who are like, wait, where's the reread this week? Uh, we yeah, Sarah and I decided, yeah, um, you know, it's it's Christmas. Let's yeah. let's put let's let's you know take a week off from that and uh, and and do one of these. Well, and yeah. uh, then yeah. we'll dive right back into the reread next week. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're just as busy as everybody else. So holiday parties out the wazoo. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've had like. Sir Matt texted like me eight. last night. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hey man, another holiday party coming up tomorrow. Like. I feel like I went to like four. Th- I feel like I went to like four Thanksgivings and eight holiday parties. And Sheesh. Just, uh, Sheesh. It's, it's it's a lot, man. That's Sir funny. Ezra, yeah. uh, how was I, I? I got you a present. It's in the mail. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just want to say it is a uh, it is a name day and a, and a Christmas present. I, I, I felt like, you know, they're so close right. together. I'll just get you one big one. Yeah, uh, story of my life. Story I'm of my sure life. You, yeah, I'm just sure just lump them like, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sir Ezra is uh, unfortunately uh, one of those people who has their their name day cl- close to Christmas, so yeah. you you, you kind of get kind of get kind of get screwed on presents. Uh, you know, yeah. Just uh, here here's a slightly bigger present than you know. Yeah, your sister gets two large ones, but you know because they're opposite you know times of the year. Whatever. You know, it's just it's yeah. my life. So, but I you know, know see, I my, appreciate I, it. So. I've always felt blessed that my birthday is like it's July first, so it's right in the middle. So I get so it's like oh okay cool. Right. It's like every six months, yeah, I get Christmas, and I get my <laughs> birthday, and so it's like you know, uh, it's like right awesome. in the middle of the year. So I get it all all the time. Yeah, so fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, so how how you doing though? Else elsewise, everything good over there? I know you get the party. Hey man, oh yeah, every everything is good. I have been um man, I have just been diving deep. And yeah. so I, I I found I found some of this stuff we're about to talk about doing some very deep research. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got a uh, I, I got some Game of Thrones uh, presents so far, which I feel oh nice super cool about. Yeah, I got a uh, an ugly Christmas sweater. Um, nice. I got it's like, it's got the Night King on it. it says Winter is here. So you know, so, <laughs> it's, yeah. super yeah. cool actually. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, it's like the I mean. What, a couple weeks or yeah we'll have the the new year you and i were talking about like mm-hmm. just the new year the goals the you know the excitement oh yeah guys get ready because sir ezra and i have been doing a lot of work yeah. um we have raven we have raven's nest coming um some other th- the re rewatch coming um just get ready because we have been uh we've been taking this time off since we've since we kind of uh put follow up friday to the side uh yeah. f- for na- for now 
Um, we've just been able to focus on a lot of stuff and kind of I, I kind of view it as like rebuilding like infrastructure. Right. You yeah. know, it's like, hey, you know, if you were building a city, it's like. Yeah, you know, like oh, all this cool like parks and all this stuff is great, but yeah. you kind of need like roads and stuff first. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I get, you know, it's like you, you, you got to lay that there? foundation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like that couch is super cool, but I need a basement first. So, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've been doing a lot. Of, we've been doing a lot of stuff um, uh, behind the scenes. That's really going to streamline everything on our end and make it a lot easier once once the show comes out. And well everything yeah. and it's going to be great but i mean here's one of the benefits right here what you're about to listen to is you know sir matt has the time you know and then i have mm-hmm. the time to dive into uh the books the theories the things that you guys send us you know like i felt mm-hmm. like every friday like we would get new new stuff and i'd be like oh man i want to research that more well you don't have time and then and we, the, yeah because we, we don't have time we, yeah and so then we just have to be and i always i and if you go back and listen a lot of times i'm like ah oh, man i just i don't know you know and i i never yeah. want to give that answer i don't know Right. Um, so this was awesome that I was able to dive into this huge mega theory here that right. I have not seen a lot of people talk about. Right. And, uh, it's great cause Sir Ezra and I have been working on this actually for like two weeks, like yeah. pretty, pretty steadily for well, the last like two weeks. Yeah. And, and Sir Matt would text me like updates on this and I'm just like, what is he, what is going on? I felt like I could <laughs> see him like down in the crypts, just like in some library, just like shuffling through papers and like comparing manuscripts and this text and that text. Mm. And I mean, he was all mm. over the place and I was just like, okay, man, like clearly there's something here. So let's, <laughs> let's go with it. So. Yeah, I have um, I have done research across the board. I, I we are pulling stuff today from you know, uh, Sergio and I. We both went to church when we were we were young, and yeah. you know how at the beginning, you know, at the beginning of church, they'd say like, "Oh, today we're going to be reading out of this." Right. Um, yeah. So today, guys, cool. we're going to be reading from a Storm of Swords, Jamie six. We're going to be looking at a Feast of Crows, Brienne one. We're going to be looking at some sections of the Mystery Night, the World of Ice and Fire. Yep the whole the whole gambit all yeah. right we're yeah. we've got we've got a major kind of theory here and sir are you ready are you ready to kind of yeah i think i'm ready this? yeah i i uh, i mean uh, with your guidance we will we, we will make it through mm-hmm. um is it okay to kind of share like our main uh big questions the overarching questions that we have as we kind of go through and then we'll kind of break it down oh yeah ab- absolutely yeah so um first things first i feel like we need to give credit uh a lot of credit is due to this um, I came across, I can't even remember how I came across this theory. I know I was going through Reddit and I came across this guy. Uh, you guys, I absolutely need to check it out because he is a, a master here. It is can't use.wordpress.com. It's funny that it says can't use, but we're using it. We're so, using it. <laughs> yeah, we're using it, buddy. So, um, you know, um, this guy has got a lot of really great theories, r- super well done. And I was reading some of his stuff and I was like, man, I've not seen anybody kind of make these points. And, uh, some of his stuff. What we're going to be going over today, I agree with a lot, but I think he, I think he just kind of missed a couple things, mm-hmm. um, or at least to me, it, 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 it kind of clicked something in my mind yeah. that was like, oh my gosh, I think this is, I think this is one hundred percent the way it, uh, it is. Yeah. So, um, well, definitely it, want to give credit, and that's we're pulling kind of from some some of his main 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 topics here, but then Sreza and I have done a lot of research on our own, yeah, uh, as well. So. And, and I just want to point out too, like you know, uh, it's sort of the same thing that we do when anyone sends in like a follow up Friday, absolutely you know, theory. We read it, we take it for what it is, we discuss it, and then from there it stimulates you know different conversations, different rabbit holes, and so uh, this you know um, theory that that we we came across actually has 
taken Sir Matt in a completely different direction, and so uh, mm-hmm. we thought it was was worthy of. And that's where the research comes in: is that you start to like, well, you know what? Let me go look that up myself. Let me see if there's more before or after what he has uh, laid out, and and make our own connections. Because one of the things that you easily made a connection to uh, in the Mystery Night, all of those Duncan Egg series, when that mm-hmm. came up, I mean, there were things that you kind of re- could recall and remember, like you know, way better than I think what what is articulated or, or laid out here in his theory. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, case. absolutely. So, um, all right. So, I'm gonna we're we're gonna kind of briefly go over, and some of this is gonna be our stuff. Some of this is gonna be this guy's kind of points, and we're I'm gonna briefly kind of go over it. Um, this guy's kind of thought and theory. Um, and so the big idea here is the Lothston Shield. So that's House Lothston of Harrenhal. Um, they were one of those many houses that held Harrenhal uh, and mm-hmm. kind of disappeared. This guy's main theory, it's called Howland's Great Lie, the myth of the laughing tree. So um, in A Storm of Swords, Jamie uh, 6, um, I think we've already played that that mm-hmm. clip here, but yeah. um, ja- Jamie Lannister picks up a shield, right? A shield when he's at, he's at um, Harrenhal. And it's a lot. It's from it's an old shield from House Lawston. Yeah. So ultimately what this guy, this can't use WordPress guy is saying is that um, there was no night of the laughing tree. Instead, there was a mystery night adorned with the shield from House Lawston. This is the same shield of Lawston that was taken by Jamie Lannister and thereafter by Brienne of Tarth. We know that Brienne gets it later. Yeah. Uh, thus, the tale of the night was coupled with a single great lie that concealed its greatest t- truth. And that is, ultimately, this guy's argument is that Howland Reed made up this story of the Night of the Laughing Tree. Mm-hmm. And that Howland Reed is the Night of the Laughing Tree because we're told it through the eyes of um, Jojen and Mira, right? When they're telling Bran, that's one That's one of the, the people we hear talk about, about this thing. Um, and so that's that's kind of that's kind of his his argument and that that shield jamie has is the same shield used by the knight of the laughing tree Mm -hmm. so um sir ezra and i have some different thoughts on it and it's kind of led us in a different direction yeah um but so we're going to be kind of going back and forth here a little bit so sure yeah um yeah so jamie lannister picks up that shield uh, it talks about, um, you know, uh, I just want to uh, pull it up here. He found an old shield in the armory, battered and splintered, the chip paint still showing most of the great black bat of Houth Lawston upon a field of silver and gold. The Lostons held Harrenhal before the Wentz and had a powerful family in their day, but they had died out ages ago, so no one was likely to object to him bringing their arms. Uh, he would be no one's cousin, no one's enemy, no one's sworn sword, in some, no one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now later, now later, Brienne gets the shield, um, and in A Feast for Crows, Brienne won. Uh, the likes of me, Brienne was uncertain what he meant. Sir Illifer uh, crooked a bony f- finger at her shield. Though its paint was cracked and peeling, the device had uh, bore uh, bore showed pain. A black bat on a field divided b- uh, bendwise silver and gold. You bear a liar's shield, to which you have no right. My grandfather's grandfather helped kill the last Lawston. Uh, no, uh, none since have dared to show that bat black as the deeds of them that bore it. Mm-hmm. The shield, uh, the shield was the one Sir Jamie had taken from the armory at Harrenhal. Brienne had found it in the stables uh, with a mare, along with much else, saddle and bridle, chainmail, halberd, and visored greathelm, purses of gold, silver, and parchment more uh, valuable than the other. I lost my own shield, she explains. So 
this yeah. shield is given some significance. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. In in the story we have we we have itself. This shield is is given somewhat of a significance in that Jamie picks it up. It's referenced, and then it's referenced again that Brienne has it. So, why um, why would why would why would this specific shield be given? significance and keep in mind it was picked up at heron hall so this can't use guy um goes on and he explains some stuff and we're gonna again we're gonna so Ezra and I are, there's a lot to cover here so we're gonna be kind of going back and forth and sure and kind of and kind of pulling all over here so um he later goes on to talk about the night of the laughing tree and talk about how the night of the laughing tree is given um one of the things that's very significant about uh, the Night of the Laughing Tree is his shield. So yeah. in Bran 2, A Storm of Swords, this is Mira talking to Bran. No one knew, but the Mystery Knight was short of stature and clad in ill-fitting armor. Made up of bits and pieces, the device upon his shield was a heart tree of the old gods, a white weirwood with a laughing red face. The king was wroth, and even sent his son, the Dragon Prince, to seek the man, but all they ever found was his painted shield hanging abandoned in a tree. It was the Dragon Prince who won that tourney in the end. So... Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this guy. Uh, so then they, they talk again. Um, there's another line where it's kind of repeated. Uh, it says the night of the laughing tree had vanished. The king was wroth. Um, all they found was this shield, you know, hanging right. in a tree. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, so there's a, there's a lot of lines and it all references back to this night of the laughing tree and the shield that he that he finds. So this guy, this can't use guy even goes on to talk about, well, how is it that, um, you know, the the shield gets in the tree? He's, he he breaks it down even further. He's like, um, you know, did somebody throw it up in there? Did some was somebody in a tower at Heron Hall and they threw it and it got landed down in a, in a into a um oh hey that's a, yeah into the tree exactly because they talk about a lot about the the tower right the Wailing Tower sure. that was kind of abandoned and stuff like that. Um, well, he it, even goes on to he even goes on further to break down like how would this the shield survive right if Jamie found it in the armory. Um, you know, why would it have never been painted over? Um, you would imagine that a new lord would come in and find this shield. You know, like they would want to you think they would want to erase the memory of the house before them. He kind of argues, well, if it was in the armory, it was probably just used for practice. They didn't really want to keep it, you know, great because who really cares? Um, Heron Hall's also a super huge castle that's like impossible to keep up with unless you had, a, you know, like a Targaryen or, you know, like King's Landing type crew there to kind of maintain it yeah um and so how did that shield get there in the first place um yeah can, he, can, I, can I jump in ahead. real quick yeah go right ahead okay yeah so, so what's significant to me is that um like we're at the tourney of heron hall right right this is we're talking about a shield from house lothston uh that once right. was the ruler of heron hall uh yeah. you, you mentioned that the, the tree um you know that the shield is hanging in the tree. That's symbolic, right? It's hanging in mm-hmm. the tree. Someone hanging from a tree. You know, the dead. Whatever you could you could look into right. that a little bit. I like what you said. Is that like how did you get it up there? Did somebody toss it up there? Did somebody throw it out of a tower? Um, right. Which I think you're gonna make that connection here in a second. But um, mm-hmm. like the other bit here that's interesting is we're talking about a lost in shield that was used back in you know the Blackfire Rebellion, right? Right. Yeah. And I don't know where we're, where we're going to go exactly, but I just wanted to keep keep it clear that, like, then you have the Knight of the Laughing Tree shows up with another shield, and painted right. on it is a laughing werewood. You know, it's right. just laughing werewood. What happened to that to that shield? 
you know what was what was right. painted underneath what was painted underneath was something painted over it later you could go either way with that you know so right oh oh exactly oh and and this guy breaks it down because his argument is um his argument is one it's hard to get somebody to paint it because and we'll get it we'll get into all this stuff when we get into who is the night in the laughing tree sure um, and how does it tie into it because his argument is um so somebody would have had to repaint that shield uh-huh. with the loth with the lost and symbol so it could have been yeah a regular shield that was used by the Knight of the Laughing Tree. They uh-huh. paint the Laughing Tree over, and then they repainted it. This guy's argument is, well, there was there was never a Laughing Weirwood tree on it in the first place. He just used this Lothston shield, yeah, um, and then he and then he threw it in the armory, or it somehow found found itself back into the armor because he references the Hedge Knight and says even Dunk, you know, had to go find somebody to paint his his shield, uh, but the. Yep. You know, um, and and stuff like that. And in the mystery night, Dunk has a hard time finding someone to paint his shield. Yes. But this, but this tourney was the biggest tourney ever held. So sure, yeah. it was way bigger than the tourney at Ashford Meadow. Yeah. So in my in my mind, there would definitely be someone to paint it. So that's somewhere where I kind of disagree with him on. But um, okay, so he is um, he kind of goes on and starts he starts talking about lies and all the lies that are referenced in in the book and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. yep. Um, he then makes a big argument that Helen Reed is, in fact, the Knight of the Laughing Tree. He probably told Mira and Jojen somewhat of a lie, you know, because stories get exaggerated. If you go back to the Hedge Knight, right? Yeah. Remember, do you remember when Dunk is talking to Baylor Breakspear about the story of Sir Arlen Pennytree? And this yeah. guy doesn't reference that. I, so that's something I think he completely missed because he's talking about these lies and how lies right. grow. Um, and Baylor Breakspear specifically says he's like, yeah, tales kind of grow throughout the years, telling, right? Yep. It, it wasn't it wasn't seven spears; it was you know it was four, like right? It truly, was four or something, yeah, um, or something like that, right? Yeah, and exactly. and so that's something that he he makes that argument with is that well, that the story could kind of grow. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Uh, on that point, so one of the things that I think has been said is that the, like a mystery knight appeared at the mm-hmm. tourney. But what mm-hmm. Helen Reed may have said, just kind of going off what, what I read that his theory and then just what has said to his children is that it was the Knight of the Laughing Tree. That was his mm-hmm. name. That was the sigil that was on his shield. But again, it, it's also referred to like th- this was also just a mystery knight. You know, so mm-hmm. you, if you just if you separate the two, like uh, because there truly was a knight there. I mean, there was someone who mm-hmm. was a mystery knight, whether that knight had a Laughing Tree shield or not, uh, seems like you'd have to trust in what. Helen Reed or what Mira, you know, and Jojen are telling Bran, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe that's been told for years. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying to think as as to whether or not it was truly, you know, a shield that had a laughing tree on it or not. So right, but anyways, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and then and then he goes on to talk about um, what we know about uh, weirwood trees, right, and mm-hmm. that. Um, and and that you know there are no laughing weirwood trees like when we see weirwood trees you know they're usually um you know the, their faces are usually like frowning or mm-hmm. you know like a, like kind of a, a grin but never laughing um and and stuff like that and you know we do um so that's just another argument he makes to kind of to kind of talk about it um right right so so yeah so that's kind of his big thing and he he doesn't really know exactly why Howland would lie about it um, but he does go on to say that there's a lot of theorists out there that say that 
because uh, now it's the the shield is with the Brotherhood without banners, and that a lot of people say that they're about to go find Helen Reed, so that Helen Reed could. That's how we get that connection. Helen Reed sure. sees that shield, recognizes it. Um, so then, anyway, so that is that that guy's some of that guy's big major major takeaways from this. It's like an, an enormous essay. Now, Sir Ezra and I are going to kind of go through, and we're going to break down some of the stuff that we like from it, some of the stuff we don't, um, and kind of put our own spin on it and our own kind of analytical research here that we've done on it. So I agree with him. I definitely think there is something significant about that shield, mm-hmm. whether or not it is the night of the laughing trees shield. Um, to me, I think that it could be the shield and that someone painted house lost on it and threw it back in the armory because the mad, if you remember the mad King was very upset with this, this night of the laughing tree person. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I would imagine that Rhaegar probably could paint. Um, it's it, Harrenhal is such a big place, though. I don't know if you'd have to paint it and hide it. Um, but um, I yeah. also do not believe at all that Hallen Reed is the Knight of the Laughing Tree. We'll get to that later. Okay. Yep. Um, but so, th- but to me, I found something else in in this that I think. I find very significant. We're going to get to that, but um, so yep. Sir Ezra, just kind of brief takeaways on on your on what your your thoughts of this can't use guys. Um, yeah, kind of big theory. It's interesting. I mean, it's uh, like you know, it, it's it's based on like you know, like the it's it's a theme actually in Gurr's work is that people lie to us or you have to really can you trust that narrator? Do you have a reliable or unreliable narrator? And so when you look at the stories that are being told, we just sort of in the beginning too, you're lulled into, well, that's the tale. I mean, that's a that's a story. It's true. Um, But then the more, you know, he kind of litters in these different little pieces that don't quite make sense. You know, laughing trees don't Mm -hmm. uh, where would trees don't necessarily laugh. So why why did we choose that? Was there something um, significant in that? And if it was, if you believe, as he does, like um, that, Helen Reed you know, is this this Night of the Laughing Tree, why would he, and, he, and he's a devout type of guy, why would he, you know, choose his, his shield as such, I guess, you know, unless it's mm-hmm. like he's laughing at his foes there uh, in, 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 some, in some regard. Plus, the, the way in which those uh, knights are struck down is just sort of, I don't know, it's not a, a Howland Reed doesn't seem right. to fit someone who could actually do that, in, in, in my opinion, right. as someone who could knock those guys down and then have them reprimand their squires. So right. that was one of my biggest things i mean i i like the connection to the lost in lost in shield and the history right. that you and i are about to get into with it um and, and i even like the idea of like wh- when uh whether or not it was a okay so here's something i it, it, you know helen H- reed is close with liana right i mean she kind right. of shows up there and, and he gets close with the starks and if something did go on at Heron Hall and Rhaegar and Lyanna are, are somehow involved or something happens, maybe he is a part of trying to throw people off of her trail as to her being right. the Knight of the Laughing Tree. So, you know, maybe him and he and Benjen did go up to the Wailing Tower and toss the shield out up into a tree. Maybe she did that. Um, maybe it was a giant bat, you know, that they painted. A, you know, maybe it, the Laughing Weirwood wasn't wasn't there on it. Uh, perhaps, and he just right. told that to his kids. Um, and see that helps. now, yeah. Now see that to me, and you and you and I talked about this uh, before we came on. Um, the only issue I have with that, with the idea that the Laughing Tree was never on the shield, is he talks about the Night of the Laughing Tree is told to us 
through the eyes of it's through Mira, right? But uh-huh. that's not entirely true. We're told um, about it th- um, through a world of ice and fire as right. as well. Maesters. Um, yeah. the, and so that is a maester's perspective of it. Um, right. the, the night of the laughing tree. In, in, the, in a world of ice and fire, the fall of the dragons, the year of the false spring. That is kind of the, the big um, uh, Mad King chapter. Um, right here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. For seven days, the finest knights and noblest lords of the seven kingdoms contended with lance and sword in the fields beneath the towering uh, walls of Harrenhal. At night, victors and vanquished alike repaired uh, to the castle's uh, cavernous hall of a hundred's hearths for feasting and celebration. Many songs and stories are told of those days and nights before the gods' eye. Some are even true. So there they even say a lot of these stories aren't even true. Some are true. To recount every joust and jape is far outside of our purpose here. That task we gladly leave to the singers. Two incidents must not be passed over, however, for they would prove to have grave consequence. The first was the appearance of a mystery knight, a slight young man in ill-fitting armor. So there we see that ill-fitting. Some people, now there's, it's referenced later that it's mismatched armor. Yeah. I think um, it's a mirror that says mismatched. But now we have, I've just read two um, things uh, about it being ill-fitting. So there we go. Um, whose device was a carved white weirwood tree. Its features twisted in mirth. The Knight of the Laughing Tree, as this challenger was called, unhorsed three men in successive tilts to the delight of the commons. Mm-hmm. King Ares II was not a man to take any joy in mysteries, however. His grace became convinced that the tree on the Mystery Knight's shield was laughing at him and, with no more proof than that, decided to, that the Mystery Knight was Sir Jamie Lannister. His newest Kingsguard had defied him and returned to the tourney he told every man who would listen. Remember, because Jamie, he, right. sends, he sends Jamie, he sends, he gets upset and he sends Jamie away. Now, and we'll get to that later about who, who we think. But to, to me, you know, Jamie could definitely be the Knight of the Laughing Tree just in terms of success in battle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Success in battle. But that's told from the Maesters. So there's definitely got to be some truth to the shield having the, the Laughing Tree on it. And that to me is my biggest issue with this guy's theory, theory. Yep. about about the shield not having the weirwood on it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's where I, I, I also was sort of like, I felt like other people kind of knew, you know, had also referenced a a laughing tree. You know what I mean? It's it's right. a, it's a it's a pretty big thing. You know, you had just said the mismatch. The fact armor. that the, he's he's also called the knight of the laughing tree. Right. So now you would you would. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and so so we said like when you try to play in and you try to see, I always try to step into this guy's shoes here and, and say like, okay, what is it that he's seeing? Is he separating the fact that there is a absolutely mystery night, and then there's someone that Helen Reed told Mira and Jojen was the Knight of the Laughing Tree? Because it does say when you look up on the on the on the wiki that um, the story of the Knight of the Laughing Tree is told by Mira to Bran. So most of mm-hmm. what is known, it says most of what is known is told by Mira to Bran. So we get that heavy bit. Now, you go to a World of Ice and Fire, and as you said, it says that his armor was made up of mismatch armor bits and pieces that appeared ill-fitting on him. Right. Um, you know, so there you go. It says a shield was a blazing image of a white werewood with a laughing red face um, and, and what have you. It even talks about the knights who had won, the porcupine knight, the pitchfork knight, and the knight of the two towers. At each, they were champions at the time before the short-statured mystery knight kind of shows up. And so, yeah, I don't know. So so the whole bit about whether 
like fabricating the night of the laughing tree. I mean, again, you know, it's it's like I don't know, you know, who who all was at the was there some conspiracy in, tr- in making up, you know, this uh, night of the laughing tree person uh, or situation? I don't know why you would do that, though. You know, so I don't really right exactly understand ex- why ex- you would do ex- it. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, um, and my my other only issue with with Helen Reed, it, had it been someone else, right? The story could have been spread over time, but Helen Reed goes into like hiding, so I, I don't see Helen Reed out there kind of spreading the story, right? Because when we're told the story of Littlefinger sleeping with Catelyn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we believe initially, and then later it's kind of revealed. Oh, you know, Littlefinger's really the one kind of spreading that Tory that story. So keep in mind, as we've said very often, this series is told through us um, through point of view. Um, when right. when um, Ed Dane, you know, is or Ned or you know, Ed Dane is, is right. t- or Ned Dane, yeah, is is telling um, Arya about but John, John. yeah, right, and the Milk Brothers. Arya can't believe it, and Arya can't believe that her father loved some other woman that wasn't her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so there, so there you go. So later, it's revealed that it's may not be what we know, but we this this story has hasn't just just essentially been told to us through the eyes of um, Mira, right? It's been told through us through the eyes of, of Maesters as well in A World of Ice and Fire. So to me, that kind of makes it seem bigger. Um, so that's why I, I, I'm like, ah, I don't know. Now I definitely, I definitely believe that there, there, that shield did, was specifically a, night, a laughing tree, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, right. So when we get into the Lofton shield, you know, piece, it's like, was it painted back? to throw somebody mm-hmm. off you know or was it uh what was it painted over like first of all the, like obviously if there was a shield that had a laughing tree on it someone painted it there at the tourney and they painted over another shield so mm-hmm. if they scraped that paint off or something and they found like you know maybe it returns to its original state in in in, in some regard but uh that being maybe the the lost in shield or it's painted back again right. to represent a house that has you know maybe they just picked a house um, right. That was known to be associated with with the uh, House Heron or uh, you know the the Heron Hall. So yeah, and actually I have to correct myself. Earlier I said there are no such thing as this. That's what this guy said is there's no such thing as laughing trees. I actually just found I actually just found a line where I, I think yeah. he's, I think I just found one. A Clash of Kings Theon five. Yeah. Um. I think Theon's having a, this is where he's having he's having a dream or, or something. It says the sky was a gloom of cloud. The woods dead and frozen. Roots grabbed at Theon's feet as he ran, and bare branches lashed at his face, leaving thin stripes of blood across his cheeks. He crashed through, uh, headless, breathless, icicles flying to pieces before him. Mercy, he sobbed. From behind came a sh- uh, shuddering howl that curdled his blood. Mercy, mercy. When he glanced back over his shoulder, he saw them coming. Great wolves the size of horses with the heads of small children. Oh, mercy, mercy. Blood dripped from their mouths, black as pitch, burning holes in the snow where, where it fell. Every stride brought them closer. Theon tried to run faster and faster, but his legs would not obey. The trees all had faces, and they were laughing at him, mm-hmm. laughing, as, uh, and the howl came again. So... Yeah, I, I think there's many different types of faces. Actually, that's what I was I was going to say that earlier. Right. But yeah, I um, yeah. So that whole bit about how Hall and Reed now maybe the trees you know near um, the, the Isle of Faces maybe they aren't laughing there, and so it's 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 mm-hmm. uh, 
something different. But yeah, I do think they're they're all different. They were made to represent different, um, you know, personas. So yeah, exactly. So okay, um, all right. So now um, we're gonna kind of move into some of the stuff we think here now. Um, so this is kind of what is the significance of this this shield? So I this is where I want to talk a little bit about House Lawson and and its history um, because it's gonna kind of tie into some what I found right, and that's that kind of that ill fitting armor, right? Uh-huh. So okay, so um, Mad Danell Lawson, right? Um, Mad Danell, we we the um, we hear of her a couple times, uh, very briefly. Um, but the first is here from Maidenpool. This is in the Mystery Night. Uh-huh. Uh, it was only a few heartbeats later, as Dunk and Sir Kyle were helping Glendon Ball off of his horse, um, that the trumpets that the first trumpets blew, and the sentries on the walls raised the alarm. An army had appeared outside the castle, raising from the morning, rising from the morning mist. Egg wasn't lying after all. Dunk turned. Uh, told Sir Kyle, astonished. From Maidenpool had come Lord Mooton, from Raventree, Lord Blackwood, from Duskendale, Lord Darklin. The royal uh, demises uh, about King's Landing sent um, forth Hayfords, Rosby, Stokeworts, Masseys, and the King's own sworn swords. Led by three knights of the King's Guard and stiffened by 300 ra- uh, raven's teeth with uh, tall white weirwood bows. Mm-hmm. Mad Danelle Lothston herself rode forth in strength from her haunted towers at Harrenhal, clad in black armor that fit her like an iron glove, her long red hair streaming. So this is where, um, at the end of the mystery night, um, Blood Raven shows up, right? Well, right. he'd, we'd already been there, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blood... It, it's, it's like Clark Kent and Superman, Officially, right? Officially. Blood right? Ra- yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Main same thing, yeah. It, Right, yeah. So Blood Raven shows up with his army, and they're they're putting to, to bed the second Blackfire Rebellion. So, Mad Danelle Lawson herself rode from, uh, forth in strength from her haunted towers at Harrenhal, clad in black armor that fit her like an iron glove. So, mm-hmm. here we are told about um, this Lawson woman riding from Harrenhal in armor that fits her like a glove. Yeah. The opposite of ill-fitting. So, sure. yep. Um, what I believe is that uh, this armor is the armor that is used uh, by the Knight of the Laughing Tree, right? And so we hear that Jamie goes into Harrenhal, finds this shield, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, we don't know about the armor. So. Right. Go ahead. Well, did, yeah, so. Uh, and and Brienne, did she did she find. Uh, I'm one. Remember she found all, all that other stuff with the shield, too? Was any mm-hmm. of that was any of that armor, or was that just was that just coin and other other miscellaneous? Stuff? The, uh, well, uh, I, I said uh, she found like I think she found like a, a halberd. No, okay, she found chainmail, okay. halberd, visored helmet, stuff like that. But uh-huh. Jamie would have had to have taken her armor as well. Gotcha. Um, so I and so she, you know, she. Um, no, we, yeah, one second. We're we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, about Mad uh, Mad Danelle here. Yeah, so okay, yeah. so and and House Lawson. So yeah. House Lawson was the they held Heron Hall before the Wentz. Yep. Um, so Magdanelle, if you go back and you remember when we were talking about Aegon the Fourth, right? Um, Aegon the Fourth, the the uh, the unworthy, the, you know, the king who sleeps with millions of women and um, mm-hmm. you know fosters all these <laughs> bastards like Blood Raven and yep, yep. starts the Blackfire Rebellion and all this stuff. So the woman who is described as making him a man is Lady Jane Lothston. Um, yeah. Uh, 
or no, excuse me, Lady Felena Stokeworth. Excuse me. Um, right, ten years older than the king, is, yeah. Lady Felena made him a man in 149 when Aegon was 14. This is from Old Advice of Fire. When a king's guard found them abed together in 151. Her father wed Felena to his master at arms, Lucas Lothston, and persuaded the king to name Lord uh, Lothston of Harrenhal uh, in order to remove Felena from court. However, over the next two years, Aegon paid frequent visits to Harrenhal. Um, so he's hooking up with this uh, Lady Felena Stokeworth. Now, Lady Felena comes back about mm-hmm. 14 years later with this daughter she has, Jane Lothston, who many believe is uh Aegon's daughter yeah right yep. um and then he hooks up with Lady Jane Lothston yeah. her, this 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 daughter of Felena Stokeworth who could also and most likely is also his own daughter yeah um yeah daughter of Lady Felena the king's first mistress either by uh, Lucas Lord Lothston or the king himself Jane was brought to court by her mother in 178 when she was 14. Aegon made Lord Lawson his new hand and was said, but never proved, that he enjoyed mother and daughter in the same bed. He soon gave Jane a pox he'd caught from whores when he'd been uh, after Lady uh, uh, Blackwood's, I think it was Lady Bethany's um, uh, execution, and the Lawsons were all then sent from court to Ghent. Mm -hmm. So. We uh, I we had this pulled up here. Um, I'm, I think it was Which two eleven. Two eleven is the second Blackfire Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me check. Yeah, second Blackfire Rebellion. Um, and regardless, um, we we uh, you look at the ages, right? You're trying to check the uh, yeah. And so we yeah, we did the math, and so AC. for yeah, two eleven, right? Yeah, so two eleven, um. Which is actually the the Lostons die out sometime after that. But Lady Danelle, right, who is who is the one who who shows up and rides in with with Bloodraven, she is kind of like considered like a vampire um, mm-hmm. because she she's from a house that is a bat. She's known to dabble in the dark arts, and she's also mad, like she's crazy. Um, yeah, can I? Can what's I read? Inter- what's what, what's interesting is that she may also be. Lord, uh, she also may also be a a bastard of um, Aegon, Aegon the Fourth, Aegon the Fourth, and it, it may explain why she's so crazy because you know she has that Targaryen lineage in it too, with a lot of incest, and her father may also be her grandfather. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy, man. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I wanted to just so so Mad Lady Lothston is actually like a. Uh, such a big deal that they they actually tell stories to young children in Westeros mm-hmm. to kind of like make them afraid of you know doing mis misdeeds or whatever you know she'll come get you or whatever. Uh, Jamie says in a Feast of Crows that um, he said that he was talking about his father's dogs thinking they had gone mad. He found himself remembering tales uh, he had first heard as a child at Castle Rock of Mad Lady Lawston who bathed in tubs of blood and presided over feast of human flesh within these very walls, being you know there at mm-hmm. at, at, at Harrenhal. So right and right and and so so the interesting thing about her is, um, you know, then it would give us this kind of Targaryen blood raven kind of possibly um, tie-in to the tourney at Harrenhal, mm-hmm. right? Now, this shield could even be hers. The armor that the knight of the, the Laughing Tree wears, um, it just says ill-fitted armor, right? Yeah. Um, it does. It's, I believe later it's used. It's, it's described as, as mismatched. But if you were wearing someone's custom armor, you know it may not fit. So yeah. to me, when we when we talk about um, 
Lyanna Stark, who's I think the most common um, person associated with the Night of the Laughing Tree. Most people think it's her. I think that it would, could make sense that this armor is 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 that is hers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a ama- yeah. and so maybe Gurr is kind of pulling a bait and switch with us here, where he's kind of saying, "Hey, look at the shield. There's some there's some significance to the shield that's being passed around when really it's the armor we should be paying attention to." Yeah, exactly. And and whether it's as you said, whether it's mismatched or ill-fitting, it it gets our final question will be who is the Knight of the Laughing Tree? And so that will tell us, you know, if if the person's the same size as, as Mad uh Danell, then sh- sure, that would fit. It works. It's fine. It's not ill-fitting and it isn't really it right. could still be mismatched though. It still could be mismatched armor. Um mm-hmm. but then if you get into a couple, you know, Helen Reed wearing it, Jamie, Benjamin, whoever, that's another Another story, another tell, I would say. So yeah, exactly. So um, all right. So that's kind of our, our our segment there on what is the significance of this of this shield. Uh, any last thoughts on that, sir? Edward, before we kind of go more into the night of the laughing tree business. Uh, no, other than like as you said, like house lost and just I, you know that that connection to Aegon the unworthy man just messes up so much stuff because I know he, he has so many bastard children and the great bastards that were legitimized. You know, and you look at the Blackfire Rebellion, the significance there. That's why I think Fire and Blood, that volume two, is going to be huge. Like, right. just this whole bit where, like, like, like the, the support, who, who was on which side, uh, Mad Donnell being on Bloodraven's side, and, and you know, it, it just, it's interesting. It's very interesting to me uh, to kind of think about, and then their, their line dies out. And I know the, um, can't use, he also was talking about, uh, the curse at Harrenhal and some of the going clear back to Aegon's, you know, conquest there and some of the maybe the curse that's associated with that that place. You know, we have very like the turnover is nuts at Harrenhal, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to keep track of. And then the fact that you have a huge tourney at Harrenhal uh, is the whole reason why we're why, why we're diving into this. But the significance of the shield, I, I think it is. I'm still up in the air, and we'll decide here at the end as to whether it was actually a House Lothstan shield. Or was mm-hmm. was it the same one, or was it painted over to look that way to throw people off? You know, uh, right. is is what we'll kind of continue to discuss as we go forward. But yeah, there's a connection to the Targaryens um, there, mm-hmm. and and that uh, Mad Mad Denel, So, all right. So and the um, armor, the armor does, was good. Sorry, the armor was a good right. connection that you made as well. So. For sure. Yeah. Does this shield tie into the Night of the Laughing Tree? Um, so yeah. we, uh, so damage of the shield um how could this be the same shield as the night of the laughing tree is it a painted shield and the idea of you know it being a liar's shield so sir ezra um yep do you do you believe that this shield is the same shield as the night of laughing tree of course it's it's painted you know we we, i talked a little bit about dunk duncan egg getting uh, in the duncan egg series of shield getting painted um how could it be the same one how did it end up in the armory all that kind of stuff you know what are your kind of thoughts on on that shield and do you think uh-huh. it could be the same one? Yeah, so here's the thing. I don't know. If if you I feel like if you want to go, you're searching for your own armor, whoever that person is, whoever the Night of the Laughing Tree is, they they need it to be indistinguishable. They needed to choose armor that they knew wasn't associated with anybody else. You know, so why you would choose maybe a house that had died out, house lost and is gone. So if you're scrounging mm-hmm. through the armory there, okay. That house, I'm, you know, I'm Lyanna Stark, or I'm, you know, Helen Reed, or Jamie, or whoever, Benjen, and I see that shield, and I associate, and I see some armor there with it. I know that that doesn't belong to anybody, and that person's mm-hmm. long dead. So I would use it, I would grab it, I would get it painted, um, 
you know, and 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 then you know after the question is is what do they do with it afterwards? Is is really what I think. So I do think that it was a lost in shield that was then painted over Night of the Laughing Tree. You could have had another lost in shield in there somewhere that they just mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of pull out. But we're trying to make a connection between the same shield that was hung up in the tree um, is the same one that Brienne um, and Jamie find, right? Right. And then why mm-hmm. would you manipulate that shield? Is it to throw somebody off as to who that was? And, and maybe some, some of the connections, some, some of the conspirators maybe, or the plotting that goes on between Lyanna, Rhaegar, and what have you, because a lot is unknown and a lot is, is uh, right. still to be discovered at that tourney. So you could, there could be some misdirection here uh, in repainting the shield back to uh, the Lawston sort of uh, you know, sigil. But it does say, you know, in, in, when they find that shield, that it was kind of cracked paint. So mm-hmm. I looked at it. It had damage on it. You know, I, I, like it, it says that there's right. damage, but um, I don't know that it's. I, I don't know. It'd be. It's just interesting that you would want more details. Is is the paint cracked because there's several layers of paint on that bad boy, or was it right? That's what afterwards? I was afterwards. Right. Yeah. That's you're right. That's that's what I was thinking of. Um. So, to me, um, for it to be a a lost in shield, right? It was just originally a lost in shield, as as can't use had said, um. You know, perhaps it, when they went, whoever went and found the armor, I think to me, I want to say it was Benjen, right? Because there's there's a line where, in the Night of the Laughing Tree where um, Benjen is talking to Hallen, um, or Oh, right here I have it. Brand yeah. to a storm of swords. A lot of this. Then as now, she agreed, the wolf maid saw them too and pointed them out to her brothers. This is, I, this, she's talking, Hallen wants to kind of compete, right? I could find you a horse and some armor that might fit, the pup offered. Uh, the little chronic man thanked him, but gave no answer. That he's talking to ben- Benjen. His heart was torn. Chronic men are smaller than most, but just as proud. The lad was no knight, no more than any of his people. We sit a a boat mare more often than a horse, and our hands are made for oars, not lances. Much as he wished to have his vengeance, he feared he would only make a fool of himself and shame his people. The quiet wolf had offered the little chronic man a place in his tent that night, but before he slept, he knelt on the lake shore, looking across the water to where the Isle of Faces would be, and said a prayer to the old gods north of the neck. So, um, you know, talking about even trying to find armor, right, for for this so benjen may be mm-hmm. the one who, who goes and finds this armor so right. benjen goes and finds perhaps mad Donnell's armor just hanging out in an abandoned part of um you know an, an abandoned part of heron hell there that may also be there a, a shield which is what i see what this guy's arguing is i see this guy's kind uh-huh. of, of of thing here um so but to me I I I think when the Mad King when they find this shield this Night of the Laughing Tree shield, um, you know, uh, you could imagine the Mad King is like, "Why well, bring me that shield? Bring me all of this stuff." Um, yeah. And so perhaps Rhaegar, who maybe in my mind finds Lyanna, is like, "All right, well, just paint, just you know, paints over it, um, and then just tosses it somewhere so you you know, you you don't yeah, make so that you- connection and have to find it." Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think the other, yeah, I, I I don't know. And to me, to me, it seems like somebody as smart and as astute as Rhaegar would paint it with like a lot, you know, House Lawson or something, um, you know, rather than just paint it as like a black shield or something, you know, or and just and throw it in there, in the armory so that, you know, like it 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 seems like it's it's, you know, what I mean, Rhaegar Rhaegar is like too smart 
to just to to realize oh i don't need to just paint this black i need to paint this something to where it seems like it should fit in there rather than you know yeah. something else i'm gonna do just toss it in the lake or or something you know what i mean like Right, and here's my question. So I think one of the, the major questions, it's not one that we wrote down, but the more I keep reading and thinking about this, it's sort of like when Rhaegar finds the shield, and let's say that is the shield, and right. it's, first of all, you know, there's a lot of evidence that says, like, you know, that suggests that Benjen was in the Wailing Tower, was searching right. in this secret place, found the Lost in Shield, and then later on goes up there and, I don't know, either, like, like they're looking for a place to hide it or they chuck it outside, or, or maybe they chuck out a Lost in Shield you know, right. to throw people off. Who knows? But what does Rhaegar, why does he want to mislead um, his father? You know, right. why Why does he want to, uh, does he actually bring that, that shield back and show his father, here it is? And mm-hmm. how could you have made a connection to anybody else? You know what I mean? If they're, if they're trying to figure, because he, he was wroth. I mean, he was mad. He was upset that this mystery knight had showed up, and he truly did think it was Jamie Lannister. Um, but, if Rhaegar finds out, if he sees the shield and thinks, well, that's that's Lyanna, and or that's Holland Reed, or one of the Starks, is he trying to save them from the king's wrath? You know, is is he what's he doing by mm-hmm. by taking that by manipulating the shield or or changing it or altering it, or did he just take back the shield and show it to his to his um his father, and then it just ends up getting lost in the armory and somebody repaints it over? You know? Yeah. Well, to me, maybe it, maybe it is maybe it was that shield, and it's been painted over, and it's like a, um, it's like a clue, right? So it's like, oh, if if somebody brings you a lost and shield, like okay, that's like a sign, right? Oh, you know, okay. like like maybe maybe that sh- maybe that shield then somehow makes it to you know because remember, oh, hold got, on, okay, yeah, remember okay. you've got you've got Blood Raven who. Huh may be communicating with Rhaegar. There's the, the you know, sure. Rhaegar is communicating about with Maester Aemon about prophecies and all of this stuff. And maybe they know at some point the shield's going to make it to, you know, Hal and Reed or somebody's going to pick okay. it up. Cause, okay. And yeah. then it's like, oh, it's like a signal. You know what I mean? So a couple things. You, you, so because you've always had that that idea that um, Blood Raven is somehow communicating in dreams or ha- what what have you right to Rhaegar and so seeing the lost in shield or the the laughing tree whatever it may be that that is a signal that that would that would be a sign that this is the girl you need to be with or you need to ally with Halen Reed because Halen Reed is right. spared at the Tower of Joy all that good stuff um the oh man what was the other bit i had there it, because uh, there's oh oh the Jamie connection um mm-hmm. so yeah Jamie's the one who Finds the shield, right? Finds yeah, in Heron Hall, yeah. The Loft and Shield. So if he was the one using it before, maybe he knows, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he knows right, to sort exactly. of pick that shield because he Exactly. Was so the, that is, that's definitely the Jamie aspect. The Jamie connection, yeah. So is that, you know, uh, he would know its significance or know that it was a part of the whole mystery night. He has a history with it. And then so he mm-hmm. passes that on to, to Brienne. And then again, as you said, it's, it's heading. It's heading back to Helen Reed and stuff. And, you know, we'll get into the whole Jamie thing in a second here, but there's a lot of reasons as to why it actually could be him. So, yeah. so again, yeah, super interesting. Um, uh, mm. Yeah, last last kind of thoughts here before we move on to the the, the who is the Knight of the Laughing Tree uh, kind of segment here. Um, and last okay. thoughts on, on, the, on the, the, the shield and how it may connect anything, Sir Ezra. Uh, I, no, I was just reading back here through a, just, just a little bit on – uh, I think, as you said, it's more 
starting to turn into to more of the armor, you know, and, and mm-hmm. the the stature of the mystery knight. But but the, you know, how that connects, how that shield connects to the last. I, I think the sh- I think the knight of laughing tree did use the shield. I I, mm-hmm. I believe that. I just don't know what happens afterwards or why they would would alter it or change it, you know. But I think Jamie or Helen Reed or somebody can give us those answers. Uh, and I love the Blood Raven connection as, as being a part of that. But I, I guess uh, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it, I don't know. That's that's a really, I guess, all I have on it. I, don't, I can't think of any other, you know, um, connections to it. The, the fact that it's at Heron Hall, it's like too many things, you know, are in proximity to one another. Paint chipping, talking about things being painted over, it's being, it's worn, you know, the connection to the the whaling tower and them, you know, possibly throwing uh, it out uh, of the tower, you know, right. so much stuff. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Those are, yeah. I don't really have any concrete thoughts on it other than I think it, it is the shield that was used by the Knight of the Laughing Tree. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So if so, uh, who was the Knight of the Laughing Tree? So, um, we have, uh, about f- five people listed here, Lyanna Stark, Hallen Reed, Benjen Stark, Ashar Dane, Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for me, I'm just going to kind of quickly go through all five of these. Uh, so Liana Stark to me is the number one choice. Um, again, I think now to me when I was reading this guy's theory and I, I came across the Mad Donnell armor thing, I think that to me is like, wow, I, I guess I never put that connection together. Um, that to me is like the connection. I'm like, wow. So I think that Mad Donnell's armor is what Liana Stark wears whether the shield is connected or not. Um, mm-hmm. the, that is like, oh, wow, you found armor for a woman. Um, whether it's it's ill-fitting or or not, you it would be hard to find smaller armor to fit a 14-year-old mm-hmm. girl, right? Yeah. Uh, or ho- however old Liana is. She's you know around young. that age. Yeah. She's pretty young. Um, that's going to fit her to, to ride in, in this tourney. Um, so... To me, that's that was the huge connection there. That and you know, Liana we know is an excellent rider. She's wild. I think, with the exception of Jamie, I think she actually probably is the best person to have a chance at actually unseating people um, in attorney. Yeah, Alan Reed, I I get it. I get the idea of you know we they're talking about finding armor for him and he wanted kind of revenge, but I just don't see Alan Reed unseating people at attorney. Um, you know, he talks about like, I'm not good with a lance. Like, so how is he going to beat people like Sir Duncan, the tall who was actually trained, has a hard time beating people at, at a, you know, at, at Lance. Right. Who's, yeah. You know, who's actually trained in it a little bit. And is this huge dude who is, um, you know, like he's Sir Duncan, the tall and he's super strong. He has a hard time unseating people in, in, in jousting. So. I just find it hard to believe um, Howland yeah. Reed, Benjamin Stark. I, I I get I get the I get the argument for it. I just don't see Benjamin really, you know, maybe wanting some revenge, kind of you know, um, kind of like with Liana. But Liana, I see having an even more reason because then there's all the stuff about the, just that that Rhaegar connection too at the end with him finding her. That's probably how he meets her. Right. Um, yeah. I, idea that kind of love story. Um, Ashar Dane, I've read the, I've read the theories behind it, um, is that, you know, Ashar Dane rides, um, and maybe that's a kind of the opposite, right? That's a way for her to kind of 
because she kind of likes Ned and to kind of prove to Ned, you know, these these northern Starkmen and her brother is also, you know, the most badass knight ever. So, um, you know, like I'm sure she picked something up along the way, just like um, Liana. And in and it, she is also Dornish and in Dorn, you know, the women have different kind of uh, roles and, and stuff like that. Um, and then Jamie, I think there's a, definitely an argument to be made for Jamie um, because, you know, Jamie, that would explain why he unseats three people. Um, that the Mad King also kind of believes it, and Jamie wanted to compete in the tourney anyway, and Jamie has won tourneys. Um, so I get that, but, um, and that would also kind of have the thing if Rhaegar goes and finds, say, Jamie, um, maybe Rhaegar yeah. tells Jamie, maybe that's, maybe that's this, that's another reason why Jamie kills the Mad King. Maybe Jamie has this sort of knowledge about what's going to happen mm-hmm. going into it but i to me that would be it would be kind of cool but it would it would ruin the story to me of jamie killing the mad king in the moment um and doing like the right thing when he's always been kind of a jerk so like to me that's kind of like jamie's like ultimate redeeming thing is that he's always kind of initially he's viewed as this like kind of evil character who only cares about himself mm-hmm. um and that when we find out why he did it, it's, you know, if, if he knew about it ahead of time, it would just kind of ruin that excellent storytelling. And I think there's too, too good of a storyteller for that. Well, yeah. So, so wait, how would it, so Jamie, uh, knowing what ahead of time, like the descent between, right. Rhaegar so, and- yeah. So, you know, so if Jamie was the thing, what would be the point of, well, so, no. So maybe they just find the shields. Maybe Rhaegar does just actually go find the shield. But to me, I've, I've always viewed it as Rhaegar goes and meets, the person right who is the knight it's not he doesn't he doesn't just find the shield he finds them and then it's just told that Rhaegar only found the shield yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which is that Lyanna Lyanna bit like he goes back oh I just found their shield kind of lies to his dad yeah Um, because he's he's there he's there under a liar's idea anyway right yeah he's he's, well the whole reason is he wants to you know kick his dad out right right let me let me start from the bottom up on our list here so I'll start with Jamie okay yeah um and just so I think if it were Jamie to end on right where, where, or to continue where, where we were talking there, if if um, Rhaegar does meet with the Knight of the Laughing Tree and it is Jamie, I think a lot of those Kingsguard were really they almost were closer with the prince than they were with right. the king. You know, it was like absolutely good friends. And so Jamie being the youngest, number one, probably smaller, probably not fully grown yet. Right? I mean, he's. It, wasn't he still pretty young at the time? I think he was around that age too. He was like fourteen, or, or you know, he was, he was definitely a teenager. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was younger, maybe not not, not filled out as much. So maybe that is is a part of uh, the ill fitting or mismatched armor or what have you. Um, also, you feel like somebody would be able to tell the king if Jamie left King's Landing. You know what I mean? Or if he if he right. showed up there, uh, unless they all just kind of kept it a secret, and that 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 could be. But if Rhaegar shows up there, I think you could have a, a real a better understanding of, you know, why Jamie does what he does later. Why does he uh, kill the Mad King? You know, Rhaegar right. maybe is telling him that his father's going crazy and that you need to watch him. Things could be happening, etc. Yada yada yada. Um, but you know, as I don't know why Jamie would travel all the way up to Harrenhal, risk all of that, disobey the king, um, and it's not like he can get there fairly quickly. It's not like Rhaegar was like, send for him, I need him, or something. You know what I mean? So, uh, not so sure on the Jamie bit. Although he does have the skill, as you say, to to unseat all of uh, those those other champions. So, that's kind of neat. Did you mention Ashara Dane? 
I can't remember if you mentioned her at all. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and Jamie would Jamie was fifteen at the time. Attorney at Heron Hall. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. So um, I put you know so as, to me that to me even yeah. even still a a fifteen year old a fifteen year old Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Um, oh, I feel be. like that. I feel like he would actually. I even feel then he still might be a little too big for for Mad Donnell's armor. Oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. Well, because because they said you know. Um, well, uh, if if that is if, 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 of course if of course that is the armor that's used, right? But. Yeah, if that's the armor, sure. Because they talk about the stature between the Stark boys and Helen Reed, and I, I'm imagining right. that Jamie is maybe not as bulky as, as they are, but right. you know he's still built. You know, so um, Ashara Dane. I, the only reason that I think that connection's there is just because of her. Um, a lot of people believe that she ends up. Uh, actually being with Helen Reed, you know, they like uh, he's yeah. the one kind of watching her from afar, real mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, absolutely. Those, yeah, those Dornish features the, that that she might be in, into more than the the, the Stark boys. Uh, so, you know, could she have taken up? Uh, yeah, I mean, she's from House Dane. They're, you know, she her brothers are are you know a big deal. Yeah. You know, uh, so I feel like she she could uh, possess that type of. Um, ability to unseat some folks and and she would fit into the armor and she has mm-hmm. the connection to Helen Reed. So I actually sometimes almost elevate her uh up there right near uh Liana as 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 being someone that, that could have done it. Um Benjamin mm-hmm. Stark, you know, he kind of said he's he's the younger one, so again, maybe not as big or or developed yet. He's still he's st- he's still a young wolf and uh you know, maybe could fit into the armor, but it looks a little weird on him perhaps mm-hmm. or you know or, or, or something uh Hallen Reed again I don't know that he has the skill but he could uh have have definitely got into his own armor and and taken these guys on it just seems not, not to go against his nature you know if the squires are the ones picking on him and beating him up and and what get, causing him trouble then then he's going to take on their knights and unseat them you know it just mm-hmm. seems a little different uh Liana is definitely your number number one um candidate there so uh yeah. yeah. So so there's so there's there's that. Well, what the, I had a I had a thought here. Um where was it? Oh. Let me go back here real quick. So, yeah. One of the things that I was looking at so when you talk about who the Knight of the Laughing Tree is, uh back to Kent Hughes and his some of his ideas that he had was being discovered. And which is what I was kind of talking about is like like what would um the risk be, you know, and they're just trying to teach these guys a lesson. You know, it's it's uh, the, the the king is there. He clearly became upset. Um, theft is involved, right? So if you steal somebody else's right. armor, you know, uh, that's not a good thing. And if you, you, right. you can't wear your own because then, you know, you are identifying yourself and you could get in trouble with other houses. It could, in your, if you're young kids and you're not supposed to be doing that type of stuff, then, then there could be all of that. Um, also, they talked about, one of the things that I thought was interesting that he mentions is, the, is the, the painters. Wouldn't they go around and question the painters as to who painted that shield? Ex- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. A- and so maybe, um, you know, again, that, and again, he's pushing towards there never really was a Night of the Laughing Tree shield. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was not something that was painted there. That Helen Reed has just lied about that and made that made that bit up. But again, I don't know why he would he would do that. I don't even know why he would need to do that uh, to throw anybody right. off. Um, the Night of the Laughing Tree itself, that sigil itself, throws people off. I think, uh, you know. So, anyways, there's there's that um, because he's pushing for like, well, that's why you go get a house lost in 
you know, shield and armor because no one can claim it. It's old. It's abandoned. And that's what that's why you could you you could use that. But then to touch it up, if you don't want people to discover where it came from or that it was just somebody there who, you know, went up and grabbed some armor. Now you think a mystery, a mystery night like rode in from somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Versus like somebody in the camp actually just got some armor, touched it up and then did this. Uh little different so anyways i don't know my, my top candidate is still probably liana um you know and, and with that form-fitting armor that is up in the whaling tower i, I kind of feel like it could be uh one of our female characters you know and that would be yeah. a pretty boss moment for them uh you know to, to to come in there and and to do that now if it's a shara dane my friend hear, hear me right. out if it's a shara dane and you go back to the whole her secretly still being alive okay and being, you know, in a relationship, you know, being uh, Mira's, you know, mother and all that good stuff, then he he's trying to keep that a secret still. You know what I mean? You know, Helen is still trying to keep her identity secret. I don't really know how the shield would help with any of that. <laughs> right. Other than like, uh, uh, you know, so I don't know. But but there's there's just a strong connection between those two characters. Um yeah, and, and it makes me think that maybe she, she would have stood up for him. So, I don't know. Yeah. So. What do you got? Any other All right. thoughts? No, man. Hey, that, that's that's kind of it. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think we've pointed out a lot of the cool stuff in this in this theory. A lot of the stuff this guy, this breaks down. Um, We're definitely going to need some help here from our from our, fe- from our, our, our bannermen. Uh, you know, looking at you guys yeah. like go- Ghost of Hall, most specifically. He's the one who really <laughs> needs to break this down. Lord Adam Parker. I mean, all of, you know. Yeah. Sam Hammer, all of them. Yeah, James that, Hunter, all, all of our all of our, our fellow our our great listeners. Um, let us know what you think because there's there's a lot of cool stuff in this theory. We'll add a link to this guy's ma- major blog post, um, so you can you can kind of do some investigating for yourself. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's super cool. I think the connections to me the the big takeaway for me was the the Mad Donnell Lawson um, kind of connection. And it would be so girl-like to kind of give us this shield, right? This shield story and kind of lead us away from the armor, right? And have it be this this kind of connection mm-hmm. there, too, you know? And um, there's other other people have kind of talked about the idea of, like, the Lostons, um, you know, being bats and... Um, yeah. The, the, the idea wolf. of, like, the winged, the winged wolf and, yeah. and some of the stuff with the, the towers, right? The idea of this wailing tower and how it's brought up... Um, I, uh, let me let me read let me read uh, some things here. Um, yeah. This is from Aria Seven in a Clash of Kings. The ground floor of the Wailing Tower was given over to stormeries and, and uh, storm room, storerooms and granaries. The two floors above housed part of the garrison, but the upper stories had uh, not been occupied for eighty years. Mm-hmm. Now Lord Tywin had uh, had command uh, had commanded that they be made fit for habitation again. There were floors to be scrubbed, grime to be washed off windows, broken chairs and rotted beds to be carted off. The topmost story was infested with nets of huge black bats that House Went had used for its sigil. I don't believe that's correct. I think Arya is incorrect there, right? Is House Went's sigil a, a bat? I don't think so. Uh, House, so uh, it's the giant bat of. Uh, house went no house went is yeah nine back black bats on a yellow field yep they do so so um they use it they use it a, a, as well but many um, but, but it's many little bats versus the giant bat right yeah the, the giant yeah instead of the giant bat yeah yeah so i'm right. I was, yeah so um yep um and there were rats in the cellars as well as um 
yeah, uh, paraphrasing here, uh, and ghosts, uh, yeah. you know, ghost of Heron Hall, some said, the spirits of Heron the Black and his sons. Um, so this is uh, interesting here. Brienne, too, a feast for crows, she had a cheerful manner, but, but when Brienne showed her the shield, her face went dark. My old ma used to say that giant bats flew from Heron Hall on moonless nights to carry bad children to Mad Donnell for her cookpots. Sometimes I'd hear them um, scrabbling at, at, at the shutters. So again, so there is this kind of connection, Heron Hall and and bats, um, but I feel like there's got to be a bigger connection there, right? Like it's it, we we know that Gur every line matters in A Song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. um, so there is definitely some sort of connection here with with Heron Hall and the bats and yeah. the Starks. Um, it, I I don't I don't think it's just like a cool connection. I think there, there's something bigger there. Yeah, and so uh, if you could, uh, Sir Matt, just real quick before we go, like if you pull up the can't use, you know, his theory, if you have that in front of you. Right. Um, I do, yeah. Why, what part of it does it, do, do, where does it explain that uh, why Hallen would actually lie? You know, not whether yeah. it is a lie, but why would he do that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, does it ever, does he ever answer that question? I'm just looking through here real quick. Um, there is a oh, section yeah, where it yeah. says, why yeah, yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. Um, lies that tell the truth. Okay, so um, oh, maybe uh, this is just talking keep, about why. Keep scrolling uh, down. You'll see the, there's a section that's called uh, Why We Lie, Why Would Hallen Lie? And so I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he says, you know, lies make tales more enjoyable, as you and I had kind of talked about, right? With um, We see this specifically with uh, Duncan and um, Sir Arlen of Pennytree and the story, and then Baylor Breaks. Bakespeare, he says, lies help conceal the truth. As we see with the lies, Sansa and Littlefinger have to tell in order to win over the Lord's um, declarant and the lies Tyrion tells Penny. Lies often serve as a very protective function. As we know, you know, possibly Ned Stark's only lie he ever tells, right? Uh-huh. Um, in Hallen's case, lying makes sense because if the tale was towards, told straight and without mystery, it becomes obvious that the, that one of the Starks is most the most likely candidate for the mystery knight. This runs the risk of exposing them as the enemy that Ares had feared and possibly changes the, the popular narrative that Rhaegar abducted Lyanna. Um, lying protects the identities and the secrets of those involved. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the secret, you will find in a later section. Yeah, and he goes on. Um, he says yeah. lies make tales more memorable um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and stuff like that. He doesn't really have a, like a, a huge reason as to like exactly like, you know, because we just don't know. Well, we don't know the tr- we don't know the truth, the truth yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the one that you just said that this is what I was missing and I hadn't I hadn't found it yet um, in the reading. But w- where he says that this runs the risk of exposing them as the enemy of Ares or the enemy that Ares had feared, because he does. Right. The whole reason he comes to Hall is because he fears that these lords are plotting against him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to go up there to make sure his presence will kind of, you know, put this down, quash this. Right. Um, well, you know, something interesting about the Night of the Laughing Tree story. Yeah. I don't believe Amira actually ever says her dad. I think she just she the entire time they refer to someone, it's the chronic man. I don't believe she ever says my dad was there. Fans have just have just always said, oh, it's Helen Reed. But yeah. I believe if you go read on the wiki. Yeah. Um, and when I, I was doing research, too, I don't believe it ever says Howland did this. Howland did that. It is always referred to as the chronic man. So ultimately, theoretically, it might not even be Howland Reed who was there. But 
Yeah, I did just read that. Gosh dang it! And we do, like... and we do, and we do know that Howland Reed is of course is Howland Reed specifically. We know is at or did save Ned. So I mean, is it is it possible that it's not Howland Reed? Like you know, maybe point zero one percent, but you know, it, it's it's so clearly obvious that it would it would have to be. Right. Yeah. So so here's something from the wiki. You know. Um... Most of what is known about the the, the uh, tale of the Night of the Laughing Tree comes from the story told by Mira Reed to Bran Stark. As an introduction to her story, Mira suggests that this knight might have been a Kranigman, to which Jojen Reed adds, or not. Um, so he's saying yeah. it could have been or it could not have been. Um, and then, yeah, Jojen ex- uh, expected to have heard this tale a hundred times from his father, Eddard, but Bran denies any knowledge that, of the tale. He explains... That old Nan was one of the uh, was the one narrating stories to him, not his father. So Bran- Jojen believes that Bran should have heard this tale a hundred times from his father, right. Eddard Stark, but Bran has never heard the tale, right? Right. So that's kind of interesting, right. in, in in just that it's never been told. So it is, it's close to the heart of, you know, um, Helen Reed, and so yeah, that 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 could be. But, but I'm starting to understand more as to why he thinks that Hallen would have lied about this, or why they would have covered up who the Night of the Laughing Tree was, because they didn't want Ares to sort of realize that maybe they were plotting against him, or to that he, since he's the Mad King, he's going to suspect that the that the you know uh, Starks are totally against him, or Rhaegar, he's he's going to you know quash whatever Rhaegar's trying to do with Lyanna. He's 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 going to put an end to that. So you know. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's all of that. But I don't know. I'd love to hear what people think about it. I'd love to hear people's thoughts because it's, uh, it's definitely interesting and it's, it's really cool to kind of uh, take different pieces and see, see what connections you can make and, and what have you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So, all right. Hey guys, uh, this is kind of our, our Christmas episode. Um, these are these kind of green deems brick bigger kind of one kind of focused theory uh, yep. episodes. Um, yeah, they'll be be. We have a lot more of these planned. Uh, these are these are uh, kind of Patreon episodes, but we're like, hey, it's Christmas. Let's give let's give a let's give one. And since we haven't yeah. done one yet on Patreon, um, and we want to do something fun for for Christmas. So absolutely. Um, all right, let us know what you guys think. Uh, I certainly had a lot of fun doing a lot of the research on this, I, um, yeah, and 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 stuff like that. So um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome, 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 man. So, all right, Sir Ezra, I will. Uh, you know, do we? Does House Lothan have words? No, I just looked him up. <laughs> I was just ah, like, oh, dang it! <laughs> I know that's what I was looking. I was like, what are their words? But they don't really have any. So. What about what about what about House Went? Do they have words? They have house words? I don't think. So. Uh, I don't think they do. You know, but hey, I mean, in in the in the words of House Lothan, we'll just make them up. Um, you know, the big giant black bat um, who scares the hell out of us. Yep, sounds great. There you go. All right. Hey, Mer- hey, Merry Christmas.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 